Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. We let him back in here, folks. Yeah. We let him back in. Jeff is back. And we can hear you. I know. This is fantastic. It's excellent. Ah. I have much to say. You should listen. Well, so if you want to listen, you're going to want to stick around. We have another Linux distribution to look at, but we've got a twist tonight because we've got it on a Rock 64 single board computer. We're going to talk about that. We're going to show you kind of our first impressions about this young but kind of awesome board. Don't go anywhere. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. So nice to have you here. Sasha's here. I'm here. Hey, buddy. And you are here. We let you in the door. That's right. This week. I know. Because Sasha's got her mic pack, and and so now here you are. I know. We let you in out of the rain. It's very appreciated. How you been the past couple weeks? Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. Like, nonstop. Work has just gone crazy, (sighs) and unfortunately, that's why I couldn't be here. I've tried just didn't happen oh so you let them in on the secret that that uh, it was all a ruse it's true yeah yeah it's true you but know. in fact we did need this pack right. and so now so if you remember a few weeks back sasha would move on the set and there would be some crackling noise mm-hmm. so that is now uh presumably resolved i mean we'll watch the chat room tonight exactly the device that her microphone connects to i mean the the woes of a studio engineer slash host um, the device that it connected to had a loose connection. I tried to solder it for you. Right. I tried very, very hard. Uh, it was it was broken, and after I was done with it, it was more broken. Right. So <laughs> what you did was you fixed any question on whether or not it would ever work again. I resolved that issue. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. That's good. That's something. So what I've done is just an ex- controlled experiment. Is I put this on my pants behind my back under my shirt the same way I wore it when it was crackling at its worst. Right, and no crackle? And so far, good. No crackle? I think. But ah, it's a there different we go. shirt? Oh, that might have been it. Yes, that's right. Static electricity. It was actually, yeah. I do try very hard to wear a different shirt each week. It was, it was the chain mail that you were wearing <laughs> that's three that weeks ago. <laughs> it was rubbing up against the microphone. The magnetic field of the changing there you go. seasons. <laughs> So technology-wise, have either of you been up to anything that's exciting or interesting? Well, I can tell you a little thing that happened to me at work this week. Oh, dear. I know where this is going. <laughs> On Monday, I got to work after a blissfully awesome weekend. Mm, and Glad to hear it. turned on my computers only to find hmm, Windows did a forced update. Oh, and dear. crashed my system. Awesome. Mm. Thank you, Windows. So guess what I did at 6 a.m.? Oh, you must have freaked out and had nowhere to turn. You know what I did? I calmly said to the only one other person in the whole clinic, because I get there super early, and so does one random super awesome patient who just comes in when the lights are off and waits for me to turn everything on. <laughs> like, not even another team member. I was like, 
Oh, don't worry. I know what to When's do. When's your appointment? Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) I know what to do. So I immediately get, you know, I get on my phone and I message Robbie, who's asleep, I'm sure, at that point. I don't know. Maybe dozing. So I message him on Facebook and then I'm like, I wait 14 seconds and and then I went into full full panic mode. I'm like, he hasn't responded (laughs) since he was last active. So to be clear, what time do you get to the the office? I get to the office uh, 10 past 6. The the clinic opens at 7. Mm -hmm. That's a ridiculously ungodly hour right i know right like who is up at so that was exactly my response you know i texted her back this is a ridiculously ungodly hour why are you texting me i'm like you're the only person i would never say why are you texting (laughs) (laughs) you just complain and then so he remoted in yeah oh it was it was heart-wrenching to pull you out of your warm and comfortable bed i'm sure (laughs) was that tough like when you were in the clinic and, you know, the the hours of operation are fast approaching and you're supposed to be ready to go and things aren't working. Right. How was how was it in the clinic? I was I was comfortably in my <laughs> side chair with a laptop on my lap. It was less comfortable for me. Um, I did throw windows under the bus every single windows? opportunity. Windows? <laughs> They're like, what's wrong with your computer? Yep. I'm like, it runs on windows. That's <laughs> it. So let's explain kind of what happened. So uh, first of all, We'll, we'll mention NEMS, okay? Because okay. NEMS would have prevented would have the entire the cat- catastrophic issue. Nice plug. It's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. And I realized through this, pro- uh, through this happenstance that it's really hard to plug my own software. Right. Because I want to say, oh, you should have had NEMS. But, but you don't then feel- it's like so- uh, shameless self-promotion. And I feel like. Well, that's why you don't know. You about should NEMS. have no shame about the promotion of NEMS. I know, right? It should so be so. People like you or Jeff, you or Jeff, need to promote it and say right. you need this. Yeah. Sasha, you need NEMS. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do. What's NEMS? Tune into back episodes. Okay. Uh, so uh, NEMS being a proactive monitor that would have warned us of a pending issue like this. So what happened is Windows updated itself it forced an update on your entire network okay while you're at home on a weekend (laughs) enjoying my weekend not knowing what monday would bring and the server so the server that runs everything yes has all the profiles and the and the software for all of these systems and 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 the software that you use so if an update happens that takes up an astronomical amount of space and there's no pre-planning for that Right. There's no space set aside for that. Right. Then it runs out of space. So the server hit a, a hard limit because it's a virtual platform. So it's a virtualization system. Wait. Okay. I just need you to t- explain what that means. Okay. So you've got a hypervisor. Okay. Right? Yes. Got that? No, you don't. I said, I said right, but I She's meant. picturing like a hat with a really big brick. I'm actually picturing the thing that comes down when you're driving from the windshield to there blind you, go. you, like to not blind you, to unblind you from the sun. What a hypervisor okay. is in computer terms is a computer that is like mega powerful. Okay. Okay. Like mega powerful. That like I get. How, how much can I dumb this down? Like mega powerful. Shut up. <laughs> and like and that computer okay. is a server and that server has multiple other servers running on it in what's called virtualization, a virtual machine. So they just tap into that one. So they're all running on that. So instead of having one server for every operation, you have one server that houses multiple servers. 
okay. so that you are not having to have 10 different servers to do 10 different things. You have right. one physical server and 10 different virtual servers. Okay. So th- when one of those virtual servers, which is running all those profiles, suddenly runs out of space because there's no NEM server monitoring it and warning you that, That's hey, it's going to run out of space proactively. Right then all of a sudden it runs out of space and what does the virtual machine hypervisor do? It suspends the virtual machine oh, to prevent it's... data loss. Okay. Because okay. it's at capacity. It's, it, there's no more room to yeah. write anything to it so it suspends it. But you can't boot it because there's no space on the drive. Right. On the virtual drive. This is where the problem was. You can't do anything with it because right. there's no space on the virtual drive. So it took some fandangling to get it up and going and then restore from the previous day's backup because you have uh, a good backup set that runs every single day. Which is so, good. Yeah. That, is that the error scanning that I do? Is that what that backup no. is? Oh, okay. No, that's your software's error scan oh, okay. for its database. Oh, but that okay. database gets backed up to an external unit okay. every single day. Okay. So, so that's what I was able to revert to. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So all that to say, with something like NEMS Linux... NEMS Linux is a proactive monitoring system. We've talked about it on the show. It would have told you when it hit 80% capacity. By default, right. it tells you when it's at 80% capacity. So that might have been two weeks ago. Right. So then when the up... So, so the update just took it from like so close to It might have been at 96%. And it, and it tapped it over the yeah, edge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. In right. my mind, I was like, well, if it was just updating itself in the middle of the night, I would have well, not got like, it till the like morning. It's like residual temp like, files that get left over right. from previous updates and things like that, got right? It. So it can be a bit of a it's mess. It's kind of like when you've had too much Thanksgiving meal Oh. and you want to have that extra piece of pie. But your brain's not telling you you've had too much. See where food. this is going? Because it's a virtual machine, you can unbutton the belt a little That's bit. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, Solby wanted to clarify this whole, like, the server issue for you. And he says a better explanation would be a virtual server in a simulated system to simulate a real system. <laughs> It's a that hypervisor. sounds. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like that's the, thing that's the effect we're going for. Sasha going, we're just backing up like what? the thing in your car. That prevents right. the sun <laughs> That's right. from blinding you right. while you drive. <sighs> buy <it> NEMS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy it. It's free. That's right. <laughs> NEMSLinux.com. That's, our, that's yeah. our accidental plug. So that's what you went. That was your tech story for the week. Yeah. My tech story is Sasha woke me up at 6.10 in the morning on Monday and had a server outage. And had she had NEMS Linux, it never would have happened. Jeff, what have you been up to? Uh, well... Two tech things. First yes. one, upgraded my phone. Got a Samsung A8. Is this nice because phone. you dropped it in the toilet, or what did you do? Uh, so I dropped my S7 Edge, and it's incredibly expensive to replace that screen. Oh wow! So I just forked over the money to pay okay. out the contract. But anyway, no. The the big one is uh, the last show I was in. I asked you how I could get uh, a computer system that only has two um, ports for monitor to be able to run a third monitor that was a slave off one of them, and you told me to get an HDMI splitter. Was that on the show, or was that after the show? I think it was after the show. Behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. And I was talking about a, an active, pardon me, an active um, distribution app for video, yes. TVI or yeah. something like that. So I went out and uh, got one, and it was absolutely perfect <gasps> for what I needed. And the Brilliant. one thing you mentioned to me that uh, was very key is you said make sure that the monitors ha- the slave monitor has the same aspect ratio as the other one. Same so, resolution as yes. well. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, made that happen. Beautiful. It was 
perfect. So this was a scenario where Jeff needed to have two monitors displaying the same thing, but the graphics card was already maxed out in the computer. Yeah. So was it HDMI or was it... It v was HDMI. Okay. Yeah. So HDMI out to a powered distribution amplifier. Yep. The reason that we go with powered is because then you're not going to have signal degradation between the two screens. Right. And it, which was especially important because the other monitor is 25 feet away. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You need an active cable for that, Jeff. It's perfect. Okay. Fantastic. Wow. So by having them both the same resolution... There's no conflict. There's no problem. Right. And they yep. just work. Yep. Sasha, you've encountered this where you, have, you had two 1080p TVs connected to a splitter, a right. powered HDMI splitter, and, one of, and, and then a third screen that was installed was a 720p screen. And what happened to the 720p? It, w it wouldn't work. It didn't it kept display anything signal. in valid format. Yeah, yep. exactly. Lost because the it said buy a new TV. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what I said. You said, how can I fix yes. this? I said, buy another TV. <laughs> and it has to match the same resolution right. as the other two. And you did that. And what happened? It, it's working swimmingly. Perfect. There's not a problem at all. It, it's not glitching in any way. Everything turns on. And Robbie's right. Uh, again. Nine times I out of 100. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> um, splitting a signal like that is great because oh, a lot amazing. of times you need a mirrored display, but then you're not tapping into the resources of the video card. You're not using CPU power. Yep. You're not using GPU power. It's just one signal coming out of that card and then being split with an active splitter. Mm -hmm. And I have one under the desk here that does three outputs. Yes, the Sasha, one I got of course, four. does three. Four. Yeah, fantastic. So you can plug another so. two monitors into it, another two computer yeah, screens, uh, a TV, as long as it's the same resolution, capable yep. of the same resolution. So actually, in theory, Jeff, when you asked that question to Robbie, you could have asked me and I could have told you. You knew the answer? I knew the answer. Make sure the resolution is the same. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying that I could have gone to you for tech advice? One thing. You could have come to me to, yes, for this one thing, because I actually You have graduated from kindergarten to grade one on techiness. I have to disagree. She thought a hypervisor was the thing in your car that blocks the sun. And you've been put back. <laughs> See, I'm now in senior kindergarten. <laughs> I'm an elder. Uh, we'll just hold you back another year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to clarify, though. The foo is in the chat room saying $400 solution to an HDMI. Not $400. It was more like, with the cable, $28. Fantastic. See, that was a score. Nice. And I bought it with partner links. Hey, thanks. There's a plug for you. Go to category5.tv, our website. Go to support us, and you'll find our partner um, affiliate program links. You can go to Amazon. You can go to eBay. You can go to all these sites that you already shop on. Mm -hmm. Sammy Dress. The, it's, Halloween is coming. Oh, yeah. You That's need your right. costume. Get onto Amazon. Get it on Prime, and you'll get it like immediately unless you're here in Canada and they're going to go on strike here in Canada that's that's like, weird yeah, I you know. know you might want to order it with like alternative I don't think uh, whenever I order through Amazon it's not Canada Post that drops it off oftentimes I've had for it me come it is for, yeah through and I, I actually take the strike has. slightly more seriously because it's not happening at holiday season which means they really mean it it's happening just before Halloween I hope my costume arrives in time it's already on order <laughs> but get yours through our partner links at Category5.tv. We've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we are looking at yet another Linux distro, but this time there's a twist. We're doing it on a single board computer. Stick <gasps> around. For
For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and tonight we are looking at a single board computer with Linux on it. I'm going to tell you all about that in just a moment. Now, if you are already a supporter of Category 5 TV on Patreon, thank you very, very much. We've really appreciated your support over the past mm-hmm. little while. If you're not sure what that is or if you haven't done it yet, all it takes is a buck a month. Yeah. I, I'm talking a buck a month, not a buck a day, not a buck a week, a buck a month. Mm-hmm. And you just head on over to cat5.tv slash Patreon, and it's a way to support us. And there's power in numbers. I always say that when there's a lot of viewers who come together and say, yeah, I can give a buck a month, all of a sudden bills are paid, um, expenses are paid, things are upgraded, and the show can be as good as possible. We need a new UPS, we discovered tonight. Yes. Uh, It's a little dimmer in here tonight because I had to actually turn off our softbox because our UPS is overloaded. So you've got a very radiant We need a second one. That's it. Yeah, so, th- we're good. so they're they're milking the glare from my forehead. That's right. Yeah, that's kind of illuminating the. Uh, we just have one single light directly above my head, and it's diffused through my forehead. Um, but a second UPS is going to help us to be able to plug in more peripherals without having to nitpick what's on, what's not on, because right. we're at, like we're at the capacity of that great big UPS, which was also donated. So things like that are um, things that um, your patronage is able to help us with. Head on over to cat5.tv slash Patreon to support that today. One of the things I talk a lot about on our Patreon vlog and certainly with NEMS Linux is single board computers. I'm so excited about the way computers have gone. We yes. started with like big XT computers mm-hmm. that you know you had to pull out and and they were massive, they were heavy, they had big CRT monitors on them, and now we're into laptops and tablets and very small form factor computers, and they're quite powerful. Our phones are quite a bit more powerful than the computers that we had ten, fifteen years ago. Right. Yeah. So now taking that technology, so think about a phone and how small it is, and holy cow, how can it do? 3D games. How can it do such sophisticated graphics and and really responsively? And then take that technology and tra- transfer it to what's called a single board computer. And tonight, I'm looking at the Rock 64, which I've installed an operating system on. I'm going to show you what this looks like. Let's see if I can... There we go. So the Rock 64, you saw it unboxed here on Category 5 TV. This is super tiny. Now, I want to give you an impression as to how small this is. I'm just going to reach out and touch this. Just like that. There it is, folks. I mean, this is... helps. Here's cell phone. Here's your smartphone? Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. So this is... What type of phone is this? Samsung A8. All right. So there you go. So... It's super, super tiny. You see the circuit board here. And what I've got connected to it is a full-sized HDMI. Now, the Rock 64 supports 4K at up to 60 frames per second. How beautiful is that? Look at the form factor. So 
we've also got gigabit Ethernet. We've got uh, USB 3, and I've actually got a dedicated USB 3 bus here, and I've got two dedicated USB 2 ports. So when I say that it's dedicated, that means that it's not sharing the, um, the, the bus with, say, Ethernet. Okay. One of the downfalls of the Raspberry Pi microcomputer, the single board computer, is that it shares with the USB 2 its Ethernet. So oh, okay. even the gigabit model, the, the Raspberry Pi 3, even though it's technically gigabit, they brand it as gigabit Ethernet, it only gets like 300 megabits a second because it's shared with the USB 2. Right. This has completely uh, dedicated lanes and it is gigabit, true gigabit Ethernet. Um, then we've got a barrel connector for the 5 volt uh, power. And what I'm running on tonight, uh, there are two hard drive options out of the box. There's eMMC, which is what I'm running on. I've got a 16 gigabyte eMMC card. And under that, you can install instead a micro SD card. Micro SD is a little slower for sure and um, certainly less reliable. eMMC is more like a, an SSD for single board computers. A couple of uh, key points for those of you who are makers or want to be makers. This has uh, Raspberry Pi um, 2 GPIOs, as a matter of fact. So we've got the Raspberry Pi um, uh, P5 Plus, and we've got the, uh, the two GPIO uh, built into the ROC64. A couple of other specs for you. 64-bit quad-core CPU. Mm -hmm. It's the A53, um, so it's Atom. Um, it, has, uh, it comes in three different models. So the Raspberry Pi is like, it's limited to, and, and, and if you're a Raspberry Pi fan like me, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm, right. not, I'm not saying Raspberry Pi is not good. I'm just yeah. saying let's, let's use something that is very familiar to us and compare. So, I think Apple Pie is better. Maybe but, pumpkin. Um, but not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> Sorry. Raspberry Pi Take comes and is one gigabyte right. of memory. Now, the ROC64 has one gigabyte, two gigabytes, or four gigabytes. Ooh. So there are three different right. models that you can buy. Okay. So the four gigabyte model that I'm using today is four times the RAM of a Raspberry Pi 3B+. Plus. Right. So okay. it has true gigabit Ethernet and four times the RAM. Plus it has eMMC, which is faster and more reliable than microSD. And the mm -hmm. Raspberry Pi only has microSD. So there is a big comparison here, um, a, a big contrast in what you're getting. Right. So when you look at the bottom dollar and you say, okay, well, the ROC64 is a little bit more money than the Raspberry Pi 3B+. Plus, it's a little bit apples to oranges or pies to rock 64s because Acorns or raspberries something. to to rocks yeah because you're you're getting something completely more powerful with the uh, with the rock 64 now for Absolutely. somebody who's used to only raspberry pi or odroid okay. would this fall in the middle because it's 4 gig well it's 4 gigs of ram so it has 2 gigs more than the odroid xu4 Right. The Odroid XU4, however... I'm thinking the eight cores. Or whatever has eight cores. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. So how would this compare to the Odroid if somebody's kind of going, hmm? We'd have to benchmark them side by side. And okay. maybe that's something fun to do. That, that sounds like Can a show. Yeah, there we go. Okay, let's uh, we'll pause and we'll hook everything up. No, I would like to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
not really the nature of what we're doing tonight. Because tonight, I'd like to kind of take a different spin. Right. Sure. Because the benchmarks are out there, and you can see, um, like, uh, Fornix, for example, g- gives some fantastic benchmarks that users have benchmarked these boards against one another. Okay. And you can see those. Um, the XU4 is blazing fast. Yes. Okay. The Rock 64 is pretty darn good mm-hmm. and amazing for the money. Now, the Rock Pro 64, which is, is available now, I have not got mine yet, but I will be showing it on the show here, Perfect. is unbelievable. Are you ready? Can I just tell you? It has 10 cores. What? Yeah, huh. I know, right? On a single board computer. Now, that's not this one. We're Easy. looking at the Rock 64. So this is, this is a step down from that, but it's a fantastic board. But what we're looking at, I want to take the approach of, can this be used as a computer? Sure. I don't really care about numbers. I just want to know, like, can I fire this up? It's a really, really cheap computer. Right. Brutally cheap. Go over to cat5.tv slash pine64 to check out the pricing in your region. And the reason that I don't say the price is because we have viewers all around the world. And if you're watching in California, well, the price is completely different than what it is up here in Canada. That's true. Unfortunately, we pay through the teeth. Yeah, we do. So let's look at it from a user standpoint. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think, you know, that's really the core of... What I wanted to tell you about the peripherals and, the, and what it is. The only other thing I want to mention is, first of all, it's got an infrared uh, port here so that if you want to use software that allows you to use a remote control, you can. It also has a power button, a reset button, and a re- uh, recovery button. The recovery button allows you to uh, restore from an um, EMMC card. Uh, power button, of course. You know, just little details like that. It's just a momentary switch, mm. but it allows you to power off safely. It'll do an ACPI mm-hmm. uh, shutdown on that board. Raspberry Pi doesn't have that. It that's doesn't. true. So that's something to consider. Now, the Odroid XU4 does. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into the software and the things. I want to actually bring that up on my screen. So what I've installed is the IUFAN build of Ubuntu 18.04 with LXDE. And right out of the box... That's kind of what it looks like now. I simply added a desktop wallpaper that I got off Pexels.com. It comes with Firefox. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. And uh, let's let's just bring up Firefox and see how things look. And I realize that things are very, very tiny. I'm going to make things a little bigger for you as I can. So a couple things that I experienced right out of the box. Just to be upfront straight with you. The certificates. Right. And, and I think that you might encounter this. I brought up Firefox mm-hmm. and Google wouldn't come up. Oh. GIMP.org wow. wouldn't come up. Nothing would come up and it would say that the certificates were invalid. Oh. Okay. And I thought, what on earth? So I thought, okay, well, I'll generate snake oil certificates. So I created snake oil certificates. Still the same problem. Huh. Yeah, you're like, with snake I, oil? I feel like we've exactly had this on a previous done. show. We haven't. This is no, t- totally no. different. This is deja vu. Okay, right. Snake oil Brand certificates are obviously that you Brand. just faked a certificate number or something. <clears throat> right. That didn't fix it. No, weird. So, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? So I got looking at it and I was like, okay, what could this be? And then I realized the. I'm not even sure. Does the Rock 64 have an RTC, real time clock? Hmm. I think it does, but I don't have a battery plugged into it. Right. So regardless, 
I got into the terminal and I decided to check. So now, now you see it's fixed. So obviously I did find the problem. Let's bring up System Tools, LX Terminal. And thanks to our viewers for sharing with me, and I'm going to absolutely memorize this, Control Shift Plus Plus mm -hmm. allows me to zoom in. Thank you, my community. And I'm going to go sudo sue. And my password is simply rock64 on this board. And let's see. So I'm going to uh, type date. And I see now that the date is correct. But what I saw was that it was set to July 3rd, 1979 or something. I don't know. Something crazy. So on my computer, my laptop, I brought up my blog because my blog has some pretty interesting things on it, I got to say. Now, I've got, uh, I've got the browser working here now so I can do this. Um, but let's head on over to baldnerd.com. That's me. Lots of shameless plugs tonight. <laughs> Lots. That's good. All right. So um, on my site, there's a search up at the top right. And what I want you to do is type Linux date. Let's see if that comes up for me. And I did this on my laptop. It, it doesn't. So I'll just give you the URL. Um, let's see here. We've got NEMS. We've got who is the bald nerd. Uh, regardless, it's baldnerd.com slash... Nerdgasms. Okay, so on my blog, and I will, uh, what I'll do is I'm going to post a link below because that's going to make things a little easier for you to find. All right, so here I've got set your Linux date and time. And the reason that I want to show you this is because what this script does that I wrote is it automatically gives you the command that you need to run in order to set your date and time based on the current date and time in your region. So it actually supports multiple um, different uh, time zones. So Sasha will be thrilled about that. <laughs> um, so all I did was I ran that command because what was happening there, Sasha, is my um, certificate right. was issued, it's, even though it's a self-signed certificate, it was issued for a future date. Uh, right, because oh, because the date on my SBC was in the past. Right. So if you encounter that, it's a little bit of an idiosyncrasy. It's like you could tear your hair out if I had any, <laughs> and uh, and and that's all it was. The date was incorrect on the board. Incredible. Of the box. Yeah, out it's of almost the box. like a dumbed down version of the Y two K. Just one of those funny <laughs> things, right? <laughs> so having set the date, all of a sudden. Everything started working. So I was able to browse the web and I'm able to get online and so on and so, so forth. So, um, so everything seems to work pretty good. Now, right up front, and just so you understand a little bit about like Rock 64 and, the, and this whole kind of... And I started playing with... I wanted to check out if I could do mining, for example. Okay. And I wasn't able to get that to compile. And I oh. had some trouble. You'll see in my history here, I, I tried to uh, apt install GIMP. And then I used Flatpak uh, flat to install GIMP. And I actually had to use Flatpak in order to get it installed. Okay. Wh why is that? Good question. And this is, this is what I want to differentiate and I want folks to understand. A lot of times we can get into these bleeding edge kind of pieces of hardware. Mm -hmm. We can get a Rock 64 or a Rock Pro 64, or one of those new single board computers. And the, th the same thing happened to the Asus Tinkerboard. It, it got a really bad rep because the software just wasn't there. 
Okay. Oh, okay. So understand there's a, there's a bit of a process with this type of thing. It's a very open platform. So what happens is the manufacturer, in this case Pine64, right. develops an incredible board. Mm-hmm. And they release it. And then it's up to the development community to create software for it. Okay? So it takes time. Right. So right now, IUFan is working hard on this, but also working on the Rock Pro 64. And so this one's kind of fallen by the wayside, and some things right. are falling through the cracks. And when you do an apt up, update, you need to approve the fact that IUFan has moved the repository with a yes. So there's some things. There are some things in the software. So don't judge the hardware based on the software. Instead, learn along with it. Right. It's a bit of a process, and it's really exciting to be here at that kind of entry level and, like, while it's bleeding edge, while it's still being developed. Right. And so with GIMP, for example, I couldn't use apt to install it, but I was able to use Flatpak, and the instructions are directly on GIMP.org. When you go to download, it says, here's how you install it with Flatpak, and it actually took me through installing Flatpak first, which I did through apt, and then installing the GNU image manipulation program. When I say GIMP, that's what I'm talking about. It's like basically like Photoshop, but it's free and it's available on Linux. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. So let's give it a go. I haven't even uh, haven't even launched this yet, uh, but let's see. Okay, so I'm going to open, and I only have that one picture here, Jeff. Um, I'm going to go over to Rock 64 Pictures. And it's the mountains. There we are, the mountains that I that <laughs> I got from uh, from Pexels.com. And okay. I have to say, okay, so this image is like thirty, like three thousand by sixteen. Uh, it's really hard for me to quick. see. It's really fast. Yeah, it's responsive. It right. feels like it feels a little bit like a desktop computer, and I and I hesitate to say that because, you know, you may you may uh, mileage may vary. Right. It depends on what you're doing. Um, so while I have that GIMP image open, let's uh, let's try a couple of other things. Let's get back over to Firefox, and let's do something I haven't done on here yet. And let's bring up YouTube and and see what happens. And so I'm connected through Ethernet um, on on my network here. So speed maybe uh, because we're broadcasting. Uh, let's try Category 5 TV. And it does feel a little sluggish. So I can feel that. Oh, okay. I can feel that. A, yeah. So. A little lag. Yeah. So I do feel the, the kind of hesitation um, when mm-hmm. I type something. But that's okay. Because I know what I'm expecting out of a single board computer at this price point. Well, exactly, yeah. And where does this kind of thing fall in? I mean, behind your TV? 
if it plays video well, mm-hmm. if it actually works, then, then hey, we're golden. It does have that gigabit Ethernet, which I think is a, a huge advantage when it comes to um, a, a set-top box, for example. But as the software evolves and as things grow with uh, the Rock 64 community, the development community, we're going to start to see things really work even better and, and things work really, really well. Oh, Sasha, look. Oh, it's me. It's you. Is that Try It, Buy It? It is. Oh, I remember so that play? show. Oh, it was a great show, that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Failed at the pilot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I realized that it was really just going to be expensive. I was going to try everything and buy everything. I know. That was the problem. This is exactly how it would have went down. Now, what I want to know, once we get through the ad on, uh, on YouTube, okay. is it going to let me skip? That, ah, skip. thank you, YouTube. So what I want to know is, you know, what's the performance? So video looks like it performs very well. Yeah, it does. I'm just going to mute that just in case. I'm not sure if you guys can hear that or not. Uh, so performance looks great. Thanks. I'm gonna, I'm going to make it full screen. <laughs> Frame rate still looks pretty, uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's a little laggy. Yeah. Man. But it's absolutely, uh, absolutely usable. So that's cool. Hey, that takes you back, doesn't it? Yeah. I was so young back then. <laughs> so, I mean, things... Now, remember, I've also got this massive image in the background here. Yeah, that's true. And let's see what happens if I run a quick effect here. So let's uh, let's simply do a uh, a rotation. So we'll rotate at ninety degrees. That is unbelievable. I mean, that's really really good. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple tests here, but I, this is really you know I want the user experience. I want to know kind of how this works. What about like uh, if you adjust the colors, like the saturation or something? You want to give it a go? Yeah, just because that's like a real time adjustment. Sure. And just see how it affects. So let's uh, okay. So you want to know about saturation? So and again, this looks really really tiny on my screen because it's got that sliding scale, right? Yeah. So. How quick is it to res... Yeah, it's pretty good. Let's try something like... Uh, like curves. Or levels, even. Levels would be a good test. In real time. Oh, let's, that's true, yeah. Let's darken the photo. If I can grab that little... Oh. Okay, so you that's- can... S- wow. So it's not, it's not terrible. It's not like my 24-core dual CPU system. No, but if you're doing some minor graphic editing, it's totally fine. And if you're doing something like accessing the internet and you just want a really cheap kind of system connected. But what else is this good for? I mentioned the GPIOs. Yep. So it has two of them. Um, if you want to tinker, if you want a little more power than what you're used to with a single board computer, if you want to create some things, if you even want to install NEMS on it, I mean, NEMS is supported if you want sure. to use it as a server. Right. Right? You can do that, and it is more powerful than the, uh, than the Raspberry Pi 3. So um, definitely check it out. Cap5.tv slash Pine64 is a link that will take you to, uh, to all the various Pine64 products that we have reviewed here on the show and, and shown you. And as well, uh, we've got the unboxing video and so on. And uh, I'm really, I, I have to admit, I'm impressed with the build quality and the, mm-hmm. and the overall quality of the Pine64 boards. And the software, again, is not quite there yet. Right. I know it's coming. 
and I'm excited about it. Uh, a little heads up, you can install Android on it. So you, okay. can, you can't do that with some other SBCs, but right. with this one, you can. And, and so there are a whole lot of other programs right. you can install. This is Ubuntu 18.04. Yep. You can install other applications. Head on over to uh, their website uh, to find out more about what's available. Check out the Rock 64. You can get it at cat5.tv slash pine. 64. Mm-hmm. We're going to head over to Sasha's newsroom. All right. Are you ready? I certainly am. Well, that's fantastic. Take it away. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. Bristol Airport has blamed a cyber attack for causing flight delay screens to fail for two days. It could soon prove expensive for media makers to chase online pirates in Canada. The country's Supreme Court has unanimously ruled that internet providers are entitled to reasonable compensation when asked to link pirates' IP addresses to customer details. A few lines of CSS is all it takes to bring Apple devices to their knees, and the father of Linux, Linus Torvalds, would like to apologize for years of being a jerk, and is taking time off to learn empathy. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Bristol Airport has blamed a cyber attack for causing flight, delays, f- flight display screens to fail for two days. An airport spokesman said that the information screens were taken offline early on Friday in order to contain an attack similar to so-called ransomware. The spokesman said no ransom had been paid to get the systems working again. Ransomware is a form of malware which computer viruses threaten to delete files unless a ransom is paid. Spokesman James Gore said, We believe there was an online attempt to target part of our administrative systems and required us to take a number of applications offline as a precautionary measure, including the one that provides our data for flight information screens. That was done to contain the problem and to avoid any further impact on more critical systems. Mr. Gore said that flights were unaffected, but contingency measures and manual processes, including whiteboards and marker pens, had to be used in place of display screens. At no point were any safety or security systems impacted or put at risk. He said that it had taken longer than people might have expected to rectify due to a cautious approach. Given the number of safety and security critical systems operating at an airport, we wanted to make sure that the issue with the flight information application that experienced the problem was absolutely resolved before it was put back online. No flights are understood to have been disrupted as a result. Yeah, but that's the world we live in, right? That's that's right. And to be honest with you, like, I'm not super surprised that something like this might happen. My question is, I guess, more about 
Like it happens here as well in in like our towns and stuff. Is what yeah. they did enough? Like if you if you notice it is and you just shut down one part, is that enough? Well, it didn't really go into details as to yeah. how the infiltration was taking place, and mm-hmm. and to say that okay, we're shutting down systems to to stop it from spreading. I mean, it makes sense mm-hmm. because the way ransomware infects networks is it looks for other systems on the network, right. finds the files that are shared on those systems, and encrypts them, right. and then holds them ransom. Right. It's usually not a targeted attack, though. It's something that just comes in through somebody opened a bad email or a website right. address. They didn't have proper okay. protection. Or, here's a scary scenario for you, Sasha. Somebody had remote desktop or something installed on their computer and active so that they can access their computer from home. Right. So they can work from home. And... Those protocols, RDP, for example, remote desktop protocol, you can't tell when someone's brute forcing your login. Okay. So they find, so these scripts, bots, if you will, they find computers on the web that are open to remote desktop, as the example. And once they find that computer, it starts guessing at the password. And it keeps going, keeps going until it gets in. And once it gets in, it then infiltrates the network. And then just goes yeah, from there. It can spread, yeah, yeah. So how it got in, I'm not really clear on this one. Right. But it could have been somebody opening a bad email, a file that was ransomware that could spread. In the news, they're calling it a virus, so it makes me think maybe it is a bit of a Trojan horse or something like that, something right. that somebody opened and it, you know, they, here's your invoice. It's, Open the invoice. It's what? scary. Oh, yeah. sorry. No, no, sure no go ahead. It's scary just to think that it's the airport. So airport security is paramount. And mm-hmm. here's a computer system. I mean, mind you, it's just the flight information, but that's a system inside the airport. So now they can get in there. They could have gone anywhere. So I understand. That. At the end of the day, it's flight information, arrival times and departures, which would be linked with air traffic control. Mm-hmm. within the airport, you'd think, because it's monitoring the signals from the planes. Mm-hmm. What I love about the story is that they go beyond the talking about the, you know, the issue to say, but we use whiteboards and try yeah. race markers. <laughs> You've been there, done that? It, it, it reminds it. me of my recent work experience where my computer <laughs> yeah. shut down and I used my, <laughs> I used my boogie board and, okay. I, and as patients were coming in, I was signing them in so that I knew the order of arrival and I could tell them where to go. That's exactly what happened. Good Are job. you sure that this was ransomware or was it just a Windows update? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. That's all it was. We need to shut this thing down before <laughs> Microsoft updates all our computers and destroys our network. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It could soon prove expensive for media makers to chase online pirates in Canada. The country's Supreme Court has unanimously ruled that Internet providers are entitled to reasonable compensation when asked to link pirates' IP addresses to customer details. Voltage Pictures, the production firm behind the Hurt Locker, intended to sue roughly 55,000 customers of telecom giant Rogers for allegedly bootlegging movies, but but balked when Rogers wanted to charge $100 per hour to comply with the requests for information. Rogers won the initial federal court case, but had to defend itself at the Supreme Court when Voltage appealed the case. Voltage had insisted that these kinds of fees would make it too costly to pursue pirates. Good. Justice Russell Brown rejected this notion, however, and suggested that media... 
producers could wind up imposing stiff costs on ISPs. He noted that the costs may well be small right now, but that it would be wrong to assume that they would always be inconsequentially inconsequential. Not surprisingly, Rogers characterized the decision as a victory for customers, claiming that millions of people faced open season on their personal data if ISPs had to provide info no matter what the cost. This doesn't mean that Canadian ISPs could ask for blank checks. Brown indicated that Rogers should go back to a lower court to prove its costs. Even so, it adds a barrier to Hollywood studios and music labels expecting to track down pirates. They can't just assume ISPs will work pro bono on their behalf. Come on. I love this. Mm. In no way am I saying, you know, go pirates. But I... That's not it at all. No, I, I love that it's not just a steamroll process. Right. Like, yeah, when, and oddly enough with Voltage Pictures, this is the second time that they've come into a high-profile case over the Hurt Locker. The first time was years ago when they took on Tech Savvy mm. uh, because they wanted to get access to who the people were that were downloading it. But uh-huh. Tech Savvy took them to court, and I don't remember all the details, but basically Tech Savvy won uh, to a certain degree to say, you can't just have our data. Right. And now they've... So Voltage Pictures has continued their onslaught over the Hurt Locker. Who even watches the Hurt Locker anymore? Like, this is an issue that's like, the movie's what, eight years old, ten years old? Like, who cares now? I've never even heard I've of it. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a war movie. I'm not a pirate. But, uh, but, you know, now it's like, hey, we want all your people. No, you got to pay for it. And quite frankly, I think they should. Mm-hmm. Right. And the foo in, in our chat room says exactly what comes to mind is that 100 bucks an hour i mean consider this as well the foo this is canadian dollars rogers that's is a canadian company <laughs> 100 bucks an hour is cheap that's, that's true. true i charge 150 yeah i mean so I, i'm just saying i assume that there's information all over the place like i'm assuming that you're tracked all along the way so are they just looking for a legal way to get the information from people they're trying they to get it. it like like as if it's public record like yeah, as if rogers is obliged to provide this information because yeah. it's illegal what these people are doing so right. you must give us this information well then pay yeah and i rogers is a huge company so th- you know there's company. there's uh you know there's two sides of this where it's like oh, i don't want to sound like i'm defending rogers because that's not the case what the case is is that nobody should make that assumption that they could just go and and assume that well, I yeah. can just get this information, no that's, charge. That's yeah. not right. Because, because the customer is breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rogers has every right to charge twice what they're asking. I totally agree. Yeah, they're being... Every right. They're being really reserved in this. Absolutely. Yeah, but, and, and not only that, depending on what the data is that's been requested, I mean, we're talking 55,000 clients, I think it said mm-hmm. in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean... Rogers would have to make sure that the information they're sharing in no way goes beyond what's been requested. And so that means going through the 55,000 files oh my to say, you know, we want to make sure that we're not just, you know, maybe it's the addresses and the names. We're not giving you billing information. We're not giving you credit information. Like, so, I mean, that's going to take a lot of time. Right. Oh they need goodness, to be careful yeah. because if Rogers screwed up, you know that anybody who gets sued is going to go after Rogers to say, you gave information that you shouldn't have, it impacted the case, blah, blah, blah. But it's a hurt locker, for crying out loud. 
I don't care what it is. <sighs> it has to do with like companies' rights. To, I, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's the fact true. that it's that you, one movie they're still pushing. It's like there's other movies that people are pirating. Okay, so speaking of other movies, <laughs> I went to the Toronto International Film Festival for the first time ever, and I was sitting in the... It was incredible, I'll tell you. But I was sitting in the audience, and all of these warnings come up about, you know, don't bring your... Rec- recording devices mm, yeah and no bootlegging yeah. but what's great about it is all of these warnings come up and then everybody goes Arr, in the whole <laughs> it was the best ever so Bunch thank of you pirates they are. Yeah. Yeah. that's funny <laughs> wow that's funny so i mean it's pirating is wrong it's sure. it is stealing but so many facets to the story giving yeah. information for free to somebody who just requests it is more wrong so yeah i love it that's it. A few lines of CSS is all it takes to bring Apple devices to their knees. Apple iPhones, iPads, and Mac computers that stray onto websites with malicious CSS code while using Safari can crash or fail overdue to, or fall overdue to a flaw in the web browser. The WebKit rendering engine vulnerability can be triggered by just a few lines of code in a CSS file. On iOS devices, at least, it all starts to go wrong when the browser tries to parse a processor-intensive CSS feature called Backdrop Filter on nested page elements. The so-called Safari Reaper attack, developed by a Berlin-based security researcher and uploaded to GitHub this week, effectively crashes iOS devices from iPads to iPhones running iOS 7 to 12 and even Apple smartwatches. The CSS causes the rendering engine to exhaust the system's resources and force the gadgets to reboot to recover. Mac can be similarly frozen by the same exploit, forcing them to restart, so don't try this at home. Other browsers that make use of WebKit are likely also vulnerable. On systems that don't crash, the HTML renders a picture of a triggered Thomas Tank Engine. The same trick crashes tabs on IE and Edge. The researcher came across the vulnerability while researching browser crashing attacks more generally last week. Hmm. That's an Apple story, though. Is this a story (laughs) because Apple just does... Like, does Apple crash often? Is this why it's a story? No. Well, no. I mean, my wife has a Mac. I know. Nobody yell at me. Um, I don't think it's ever crashed. Yeah. It's, but I mean, a lot of the world runs on Mac because of all the graphics and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of people use it. So that makes it a newsworthy topic. But I mean, like I look at that and go, okay, sure, great, wonderful, you crash. You know, there's other issues bigger than this. It's like, eh. however, so maybe it's not a huge issue, but maybe the simpleness of the capability of an attacker to crash said system like we can inject a css code into um an existing site let's say we work it into a wordpress plugin yeah right right that is widely distributed and so then everyone gets their updates on their wordpress blog or website and now tens of thousands of websites are infected with this undetectable because it's not malware it's just just a piece of css code that now everyone with a mac goes to that site and their computer reboots and it's right across the board like it's i devices and the smart yeah your phone too 
That's incredible. That's quite the vulnerability. That is incredible Whoops. that for um, for a system that like never crashes, that there's something so simple that's it's it's Achilles tendon. Like it's it blows my mind. It's it's ultra small. Now here's a conspiracy theory for you. Okay. Now that it's Microsoft that owns uh, GitHub, right? Yes. Yes. Put that code in all the CS in, in all the programs. <laughs> Just find on a Mac CSS. user. Yeah. <laughs> boom. And they're like, every ah! CSS file. <laughs> Windows is like, ha ah, I got you, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how Microsoft rolls, too. <laughs> That's true. They're like, April or Fools. Or they'll force the system <laughs> oh, update. That there happens. Yeah, it just injects it into <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, that's bad anyways. <laughs> the father of Linux, Linus Torvalds, would like to apologize for years of being a jerk and is taking time off to learn empathy. Linux creator Linus Torvalds has apologized for years of rants, swearing, and general hostility directed at other Linux developers, saying that he's going to take a temporary break from his role as maintainer of the open source kernel to learn how to behave better. For more, for many years, Torvalds has been infamous for his expletive-filled aggressive outbursts on the Linux kernel mailing list, chewing out developers who submit patches that he believes aren't up to the standards necessary for the kernel. He's defended this behavior in the face of pushback from other developers, insisting that people being nice to one another was an American ideology. But... That many that may be coming to an end. In a lengthy email posted to the mailing list Sunday night, Torvalds expla- expressed a change of heart. Taken to task over attacks that he recognizes were unprofessional and uncalled for, he says now he recognizes that his behavior was not okay and that he's truly sorry. He's going to step back from kernel development for a while, something he's done before while developing the Git source control system so that he can get help on how to behave differently. At the same time, the Linux project now has a code of conduct. Previously, the project had a code of conflict, a code of conflict, a short document that asserts that the code quality is the only thing that matters and implores developers to be excellent to each other. The new code of conduct is more extensive and sets explicit standards for behavior, requiring it to be positive, professional, welcoming, and inclusive. Thank you for listening to me. What do you mean? <laughs> I feel like Linus literally just watched this show someday. And he I was just like, heard you, know you what? say, Sasha's right. be good to one another. Exactly. Sasha's right. People should be nice to each other. Uh-huh. It's, it's smart to care. Empathy is something I should build. Compassion is important. Uh, this is what happened. And I thank you, Linus. I, I actually really, I want to be your friend. We have such a, <laughs> such a mentality here of, community and and caring for one another and and supporting one another um between our community the hosts yes what's this about why are you he's like no (laughs) this has legal proceedings written all do you think so yeah 100 percent 100 percent there's somebody within the company Mm. who within the community within the development community yes you think so but i think probably even more so within the company that filed a complaint that became a legal matter, okay. and that's why these kind of statements are issued. That's why on, on his departure, you see a change in the code of conduct, all the mm. kind of stuff. This says settlement all over it. Ah, I see. see okay. So I watched the Steve Jobs movie 
on Netflix like the last two days. I watched a little bit okay. of it each night before mm-hmm. I fell asleep. And I, <laughs> it was that good, eh? Hey, now. It's just, I, <laughs> I got I halfway through hours, and I, I fell asleep. And then I watched it the next night. <laughs> a little bit. All right. Yes. In, in this movie, and I don't know how, how true it is, Steve Jobs is a big old jerk too. Oh, yeah? Like, really? Yeah. Well, and, this, is, this is where I was going, is that I have mad respect for Linus Thorvalds. Yeah. Like, he is a brilliant man, and he right. admits his flaws, and he is flawed, and we're all flawed. Sure. And, and backing up, like, we have such a community mindset here, and we care. But I have bad days. Right. Right? And I have stressful days, and he is, like, the head of this thing. Right. When you have that, like, flame of genius in your mind, you really need to protect it. And I really do think, like, he's a genius, and Steve Jobs was a genius, mm-hmm. and you're also a genius. Oh, come on now. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's I like how that went. I like, I like <laughs> that. was nice. That's so, our t-shirt for the week, folks. Sometimes you get so consumed by feeding that because you know that, like, it becomes your worth that you forget about how you look to everybody else. I joked about it before our show tonight about how incredibly particular I am about certain things right. behind the scenes, like just making sure that things work and things are the way they, they have to be set up the way that they should be. Right, but it's super respectable. Like, I, I respect the fact that you have have figured it out you've plotted it out in the future you know what may go wrong and you you want to check it before it happens right, right. So, i'm i'm more like throw caution to the wind i walk around with reckless abandon i need people <laughs> like you but but when i so imagine so if like i'm small fries but linus you know he is that guy for linux and so if somebody steps in and and offers a commit that is not up to his standard that is not in line with the things and he's admittedly brusque with people and yeah. and you know very pointed with people and he says it's you know he's just not a people person he just he's he likes to sit in front of a computer and that's his comfortable place mm-hmm. that's where he's comfortable and 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 he doesn't deal nicely with people and right. he admits that and and so if somebody is offering a commit he may appreciate the commit but if he has to go back and recode it to make it work the way that he wants it to look and work and function, and he, yes. he expects people to instead follow that code of conflict, if you will, the, the here's how the code should be. Mm-hmm. Do it that way. That's how we've laid it out. I want you to, when you submit it, I want it to be that way. So I, uh, right. I understand, I admire, and I respect his position. Right. As a delicately emotioned person, right? I mm. I need very. I, I maybe I'm a millennial. I don't know. Like I need. No, I need not. a you lot. You don't within the group. I just need a lot of positive reinforcement if I put effort into something. Sure. So okay, I say I go ahead and I send him a kernel. I don't know what I do, but I <laughs> send, him, send a him a kernel. Here you go, okay. Linus. Right, oh, and it's kernel. not great. I don't want to be told I'm a bad person, right? It's a bad yeah. thing. No, absolutely. Right? But again, he, had, he, he knows his flaws. We know his flaws as his community. Right. And it takes people skills and a willingness to be that people person to, like, I as a father, for right. example. And I, incur- I, I do my best to encourage my children. And you've been through it as well. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes the kids won't do things the way that I want them to do it. 
-hmm. or maybe, you know, the first time is always a disaster, but I still want, I don't want to blast them for doing it wrong. No, I want to encourage you to yeah. be better and, and to learn. You have to, but yeah. that's part of me as a father. You have to and give them feedback sandwiches. I learned this in therapy where you mm-hmm. positive thing, then like constructive criticism, and then another positive here's, thing. Here's Bam. what we need to do to Sandwich. improve. But that's not him. Right. And that's, he's not our father. He's not, he doesn't love me. He doesn't love his community the way that I love my children. And so don't expect that of him. So, but I think you may be right. Maybe I think I'm 100 percent right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? That's the role I, think, I work. I in. think he watched this show and he was like, "Sasha's got it. People should be nice to each other. I sh- it should start with me. Let's grow my empathy." Lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Sasha. I like it. I like it. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. It has been a pleasure having you here with us this week. See how I did that? I was so nice. So friendly. You've done good. Yeah, you know, and that's how we can do it around here. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this community. We appreciate you. There we go. Don't forget to visit our website, category5.tv, if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to like this video and also subscribe. Hit the bell and uh, you'll get the notifications every time we bring out a new video or when we are live. How cool is that? Check us out there. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Good night.